Hey everybody, it's the Summit Realty Group Podcast. Of course, I'm here with Nick Williams. Hey guys. And I'm Blake Schreckheis, and we are joined by a very special guest, Dorian Granger, owner of Bankstown Bike and Ski. I mean, he's not that kind of special. He's like special like to us, but not like (laughs) special. Yeah, you say it's a different word for it now. Yeah, but anyways, um, he's very special. We were talking before we hit on the air and I just want to go right into it. So where did Bankstown, what, what did the name come from? What's the history on that? Hold on, hold on, let's let's backtrack. <laughs> what do you do? Oh yeah. What 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 is Bankstown before you even get into the name? Bike like, and ski. Town, Come on. Bike and ski. Yeah. So yeah. so like your your premier local bike and ski shop. Um, service first, service forward. Come hang out. We work on your stuff. We're gonna try to work on your stuff before we try to sell you new stuff. Cool. That, that's kind of the foundation. It's so like we are in Fairbanks. So shop. is it like bicycles yes. and cross country skiing, or is it motorcycles? Oh, that's like yeah, that's, yeah, there you that's go. fair. Actually, yeah, that's, that's very, very fair. fair right? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, no, it's it's bicycles and downhill skis and cross country skis. Okay. Yeah, but now do you discriminate against snowboarders? Definitely not. I snowboarded <laughs> for twenty years before I converted. But we all discriminate against split ski, <laughs> split borders. All right. Oh split no, borders. I don't know what that is. It's a uh, cross country skiing for snowboarding. Your snowboard it's is latched together. Uphill skiing for snowboarding. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it's it. It's, it's more like backcountry approach. Mm-hmm. So your your snowboard cuts in half and you like split board up, and then when you get to the top, you clip it together and you ski down. Oh, interesting. You know, like AT skiing, like Alpine touring. Sure. Like, so yeah, yeah, basically. I'm up, hip. <laughs> uphill. I got you, bro. We're, we're <laughs> you know, it's that for snowboarders. <laughs> yeah. So I, but okay. Before we get into banks, the name as well. I yeah. did want to bring up the first that I'd heard of you was. Um, from a buddy Chuck Lincoln, who we had on the podcast, previous owner of uh, Printing Shop Advanced Printing. Anyways, yeah, he came in, or he's talking to me. He's like, "Hey, I had a flat tire on his e-bike, which is kind of complicated, I guess, to get off and stuff." And he had issues with wherever he's taking it before. I don't want to say like bad name, but uh, he's like, I was right there, Let took it to Bankstown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I like as I was there, I didn't have to drop it off and come back. He just was talking to me, changed the tire, and I'm assuming it was you. I don't know if it was a worker or yeah, whatnot, but right. um, anyways, super great experience. So Yeah, that's the yeah. goal ultimately right there. Like that is, there is not another shop in Fairbanks where if you walk in, you're going to get your thing, your whatever it needs to be done, whether it's shifting adjustment or like a tube replacement or whatever, have your bike looked at right now. Like mm-hmm. it looked at, taken care of. And like, that's kind of a little bit of the structure of what I'm trying to do is like, I have a couple of full-time employees now. And so... If, if I'm there, which is 90% of the time, it's like if somebody walks through that door and we've got a full roster of stuff all, you know, for the day, for the week, we're backed up or whatever, mm-hmm. I will always still put that bike in the stand. And if it's something I can do in like 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. Like it's not, I'm not going to say, sorry, you know, we're a week out. We're really swamped right I now. I really want to grab some coffee. So just go ahead and park your bike in the yeah. back corner yeah. and run yeah. across the street to the venue. <laughs> yeah. It's Speaking crazy. of that, you are moving location. So right now, where are you located at? Right now we're at 1600 Will Street, which is down buried in kind of the industrial the industrial like end of the road by sourdough fuel over there off uh, 
Phillips Field Road. Yeah, so Illinois, Phillips yep, Field, exactly. in that area. Yeah, driveway, Wall Street, Tanner mm-hmm. Company, down at the end. Yep. All the way at the end. And the old Jackovich. A lot of people that lived here for years don't know what's back there. There's a lot of cool places back there. For I don't us, there's, there's like half the glass businesses that yeah. we work with are back there. Oh, really? But you also yeah. have some good uh, medical facilities back there. I just had the best massage in my life. Actually, most painful massage in my life, right yeah. back there. Is that Spruce yeah. and Feather? Uh, no, this was at... Um, they beat you with the Spruce Acu- and then... They got the ramen noodle place back there. Oh, yeah, that is Uishi. bomb. Uishi, yep, I can't yeah, say yeah. the name right. Um, awesome. A bunch of cool places. So you're yeah. you're part of that community. And but now to jump forward. Yeah, <laughs> you, it sounds like you might be moving locations. Yep. And in my personal opinion, I think it's such a great location for the culture that your business carries. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's you know we've been trying to find a place where we have better traffic. And we're like more embedded in the center of the community that we have that already exists rather than having to try to drive people to our location. And that community is that Alaskan outdoor, I want to say motorists, but it's cyclists. Uh, But, but you know, uh, so spoiler guys, they're moving to West Fairbanks. So West Fairbanks is known for UAF where you literally have a huge student population that fat bikes to school in the winter, skis to school in the winter. They eat granola. Nor- they, they do eat granola, but <laughs> they drive so do a lot of people. Oh, and these are all stereotypes, but, you know, it, it's true. Um, stereotypes for a reason. But, no. <laughs> um, but so you're moving right where most of your clientele probably lives, yeah. commutes, and works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, like, my clientele and, like, me being one of my clientele, yeah. like, you know, I'm over there all the time. Yeah. Blues, lemongrass. Um, I eat lemongrass every Friday. I love that <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And you're, you're going to get fat. By the way, if you don't if you, if you don't know what I'm looking at here, I'm looking at a, uh, I want to say middle-aged, but that's insulting now. Less than middle-aged, <laughs> yeah, uh, tattooed young man, <laughs> entrepreneur. I, I call myself middle-aged and I'm 35. I think, and I just like some 34. I think you're getting close there. I, am I? You're what, 29? I'm 30. 30. All right, good. Everyone in this room is, starts with a three now. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, he's definitely not the uh, fat guy yet. But after he oh, yeah. grass every night after work, he will be. Yeah, that's going to have to budget that in. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that See, figure out how to do, like, a work expense out of it. You know, like, oh, it, yeah. it's advertising because they slap a sticker on you the bagel. You sit down, you open your laptop, mm-hmm. you're on the clock. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> uh, cater it for the entire yeah. Uh, business. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that uh, you're moving guys over there. Um, when when is that going to happen? When's that transition? That lease uh, is says November first, but they got to build the space out. So, so we're probably first week in November. Yeah, exactly. it'd be cool for a spring <laughs> opening to uh, you know still do the winter stuff in your current business, yeah. and then maybe do like a big spring launch over there. Uh, I'm in all seriousness, it's going to be in like a month. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like November. It'll be before Christmas. Really? Sweet. Yes. Sweet. That November first. I yeah. want to know who they're doing to do your build out. Well, the build out's simple. I mean, it's not, they're not doing anything crazy. Okay. Basically, they are doing like the shell, the entire shell. They're in flooring, they're painting the ceiling, leaving it raw, like tr- trusses. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to paint the walls and put in like a couple of receptacles for a couple of machines I have and a sink. And I'm going to do the rest of the build out. Okay. So basically, I'm going to get keys, you know, early November and I'm going to bust my butt for like four days over a weekend and build a couple walls and a counter. And then decorate and yeah, stations. And, and, and then the hardest part is moving all the equipment. I mean, you guys yeah. got toolboxes and equipment yeah. and inventory and everything else that you can think of. So. I'm trying to buy a box truck this weekend. Yes. I did the math. It was like, this is cheaper than renting a yeah. U-Haul for a week. A week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Resell that sucker. Mm-hmm. And then you do have resale. You have an asset. And, yeah. God, you could do... It's a rolling you know, uh, well, Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, when they do these bike races, biathlons and stuff, you yeah. could have a, a service center 
at the triathlon. Oh, absolutely. Or well, triathlon. and it's interesting you say that because like that is actually the foundation of how I started. The oh, business. really? Yes. See, all right, let's go Perfect to the origin segment. story. We're going to go to Superman <laughs> yeah, now. Right. So, so you didn't come in from a spaceship. Uh, you weren't bitten by a radioactive spider. What's your origin story? So start with the name. Bankstown. There we go, Blake. We're here Blake, now. Coming back. We finally so, arranged that. <laughs> the, the name was actually, it was not anything about a bike or a ski shop at the beginning. It was like when I was in college, me and a you bunch of You went to Australia friends. and got drunk Definitely as not. <laughs> I would love to. My mom went to Australia when she was in college. Um, and that's how he was born. That's the origin story. We got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Bankstown Board Shop. It okay. was it was longboards. I used to build longboards. Oh, so that cool. was like, I got an art degree. I was at UAF. I was like building these like beautiful uh kind of like artisan longboards mm -hmm. so yeah. I, I hate to keep Long bringing it back boards. to this but like how much girl have you eaten oh, so like, much yeah. i grew up on a freaking homestead <laughs> the sticks and the yeah that's basically. awesome hey, man. hey granola is so 2019 all right we're at overnight oats now it's like oh crazy. It's like, get yeah. on board yeah, there's so much redneck. better for your digestive tract all it's right like redneck granola yeah, yeah. <laughs> off-grid backwards granola. that's awesome though. yeah but uh but, but longboards you know long skateboards mm -hmm. um that was like i was building those we were riding around you know causing problems <laughs> yeah um, but that was like the business watching too much dog one. towns and z boys oh, yeah 100 mm -hmm. and that was like that was business number one and it was mm -hmm. like kind of like low-key off the books and then i was like i'm actually gonna make this a real thing and was this in fairbanks this was here yeah okay. and it was so trivia question yeah. For a skateboarder growing up in Fairbanks, Alaska, which is not a great place, I'm assuming to snow skateboard year round. I guess yeah. you could, you know, Sean White it and snowboard the snowboard in the winter. Snowboard long in the winter, long, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hit a lot um, of rocks. Favorite <laughs> yeah. skateboarder growing up? I was. It's not never. It was never skateboarding. I was never a skateboarder. I was right. never like it was. I was never into skateboarding as right. like like as like a cult culture. Mm. You know, I never followed skateboarders. I mean, I would say Tony Hawk because that's the only one I know. I was about to say. I was hoping <laughs> right. for just a different name than Tony Hawk. No, yeah, was, that not, was a setup. That was gonna, I was no, gonna waiting it, for Rodney Mullins or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm terrible with the names. I'm terrible with like like. I had a little skater phase, but the problem is I was the opposite. So. You were the guy that couldn't do tricks but could ride down hills really quick. Exactly. I was the guy that couldn't ride 20 feet, but I could sit there stationary and do oh, kick yeah. flips and heel flips and oh hollies and all that stuff. I just I couldn't ride up a ramp without busting my So did you do a lot of downhill? Yes. Yeah. I've always a, wanted to do that. I made that. a lot of I bad think it's decisions. the coolest yeah. thing in the world, but how do you stop? Uh, you, you, you scrub, creepy, like, hockey stuff sideways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really and it's beautiful. Or you drag a foot. And or you drag a foot. You got your real teeth in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, one of them's fake. Okay, he's got one fake. <laughs> That's an accomplishment. It's a pretty good fake one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> man, just good, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, Bankstown Borders was a thing, right? And, actually, I didn't coin the term. It was actually my friend uh, Liz Maynard, who's still around, as far as I know. She's around. Mm -hmm. um, she coined the term. She Liz, was if you're not dead, yeah. go ahead and drop the comments <laughs> and say hi. Yeah, yeah. say hi, Liz. Um, yeah, so that was her her thing. It was her term. And when I started the board shop, like started building boards for people, it was like, hey, can I use the name like from like our group? You know, based mm -hmm. on borders. She was like, I don't have a patented. Yeah, do whatever. Yeah. Well, what was like? So it's kind of where did that it came? What, is it just like well, cool Fairbanks, Bankstown? Oh, Town, oh right? okay. Banks that makes, oh, I got you. Like, I got you. It's a lot simpler than it seems. That is it's so like simple, but basic. I love that. Yeah, no, but it's a classy name. I we like got it. all kinds of you know names, names for Fairbanks, Square Banks, and like you FBX know, is the one I yeah, coined off. Yeah, so Like I just want to get these black stickers. I'm gonna I'm gonna start selling those. I feel like you know venue. Don't get with Events printing. Yep. Uh, Chuck. It for you. <laughs> it's Ben now. Thanks for the plug, Chuck. <clears throat> yeah. Ben, I'll be in touch. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Ooh. where that came from. That Sweet. was like, I that was the origin of it. And then I just, when I carried it over and I started this business, it was just like Bankstown Borders, Bankstown Bike Shop. It was like, I just like the Bankstown thing. I was like, mm -hmm. I already have. I think it's clever. I already kind of had some following with it growing up here. 
with the board shop, I was like, I might as well like stick with what I have with that already has some name attached to it. So this business in particular way. is not super old yet. Nope. So before you got into this, were you just doing like odd end jobs? Did you have like a career? Like what did, what did life a look lot, like? I've done a lot of work, um, mm-hmm. a lot of manual labor stuff. Um, so I grew up That's the Fairbanks. Fishing. That's the Fairbanks yeah. story. Everybody starts yeah. with fishing, yep. then goes into yep. construction. Yeah. <laughs> well, construct. Yeah. My dad's a carpenter. My mom's a teacher. Landscaping. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I don't know. I commercial fish in the summers my entire life as like okay. a family family business which like, fish uh Seeloff till I was 18 and then Bristol Bay okay. 18 to like what was the main catch ago. there it's all salmon salmon it's all salmon yep it's all sockeye mm-hmm. yeah. my uh my uh wife's dad did a lot of black cod now this was decades ago okay. well, we don't even know what black cod is we don't eat it they all went to the Asian markets but like long line uh, it like was just deep water gold cod. mine for them deep water cod out in the Bering Strait mm-hmm. and Came back in Juneau. And I've heard they're like the fish. To like, maybe I heard it's, it's amazing, but yeah. I don't know why we don't eat it. I don't it's, know if it's, it's a lot of white. Fish. I mean, it's like it's like fish sticks. Yeah. Fish. Oh, okay. It's like, I don't know. Again, I haven't had a fish stick in probably fifteen years, but Six that sounds okay. delicious Beer right now. Properly fried. Yeah. <laughs> I love cod, but a different kind of cod than black cod. But sure. I love cod. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cool. So you yeah, fishing yeah. was the was the summer work. Yeah, and then winter was you know I did all kinds of stuff when I was at UAF jobs. I. A lot of odd jobs, a lot of seasonal stuff, pickup construction stuff. I installed solar for a few years. That was more recent. I still kind of do that on the side, like private contract. We should talk. I'm doing an off-grid cabin. Yeah. That was our real estate plug for the day. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) We're talking about real estate. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's pretty obvious in this case why someone would start a bike and ski shop. You obviously like that. But what, what was the, like factor that's like right, i'm actually yeah. doing this yeah so that actually ties into the, the previous the work thing so mm-hmm. i actually ran the shop at rei for like eight years oh, okay like seven or eight years i was there like i started in an rei when i was like 2014. that is correct for all you out-of-state listeners Phoenix <laughs> has an rei yes they do. big time yeah and when they opened i got in there actually doing manual labor i was a temp i was literally just building fixtures wasn't working for them yeah before they opened and then i ended up getting hired on after that and i you know was just like doing the guy in the green vest thing you know like (laughs) (laughs) um being that guy and like totally just you know like mentally saturated with the culture and just totally tooting the rei horn for a few years yeah um and i ended up getting into the shop because they needed somebody that was the guy that was was uh, running the shop was retiring and had just did it to get it started and so i kind of took the reins and ran with it um and i at that time it was interesting that was that was like nine years ago i guess Mm -hmm. um that at that time the only experience i had working on bikes and working on skis was my own stuff at home mm. my dad's a diehard cross-country skier i raced cross-country growing up mm-hmm. so you know i did all the stuff at home i could mount my own bindings you know just drilling holes in skis whatever and then on the bike side it was just like wrenching on my own stuff but never seriously you know mm-hmm. my, my dad was a big biker too so he's got like he always helped me out with stuff and like you know told me to go break things and figure it out yeah and that was the foundation i had was just kind of like homegrown wrenching on crap breaking stuff mechanic mm-hmm. and bike mechanic and then i got into the shop and it was like baptism by fire right it was just like there was me- pretty Volume. minimal training and yeah. it was like a couple weeks of training from him and then like before i could go to barnett's bicycle institute which is no longer a thing okay but it, it was like the premier like bike maintenance uh professional bike maintenance training it's like getting your ASC certification for right. for, mechanic for mechanic school. school. Cool. But by the way, if bikes. anyone's a master mechanic out there, I am selling an automotive business. You should definitely hit me up. Thank yeah. You. Good plug there. That was not part. Great plug. There you go. Like, I, need like a ma- I need a master mechanic. <laughs> I need a master mechanic bad right Nick now. Nick needs a lot of things. Yeah, I'm in need right now. <laughs> yeah. So I went down and did that. That was Colorado Springs. That was like a fairly intense, like couple week program, and then 
came back, ran the shop for the last, you know, until a last until 2022, April 2022. And leading up to April 2022, it was just I was I basically turned the REI shop into what I wanted like a, a local shop to be yeah. that I didn't feel like we had. And I was doing as much as I could within the bounds of being like a bike shop mm-hmm. in a large conglomerate yeah. retail store. So, which wants to be standardized from yes. every store. Which, so you, which you wants were to be standardized. Very yes. limited on your freedom of movement. I was really limited. I mean, I did a lot of ways. The ways I did things were very much just like, wait, scrap the handbook. Like, it's Fairbanks, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, stop me. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of got to a point where I out I outgrew that and I couldn't do what I wanted for the community with that with that platform and right. that model. Did and you I was like I'm doing my own thing. I, I'm assuming it. when you went down to like training you'd yeah. probably already made the decision at that time but when did yeah. you like say like this is going to be cuz it's a little bit wild you know to think hey this is going to be the thing that I'm really going to dig in and it was go for. it was it was, I got, I got a promotion. It was like a few years into REI. I was still building longboards mm-hmm. and I was kind of doing this seasonal thing. I was still, you know, taking time off to go fish and all that. Right. And then they offered me like the lead position, right? Mm-hmm. In the, in the shop. And it was, I actually had, I had been talking with, um, Mike Hedukovic over at, uh, tracks yeah. and we'd been chatting and he was getting into longboards. I always I, have to bring up that yeah. Mike does like to take his shirt off in hot yoga. I've always heard that. <laughs> I haven't gone yet, but that's a real big... I've never been there for that, but... Hey, man. Listen, uh, I've heard it's a Tuesdays show. Tuesdays and Saturdays. <laughs> I'm just Tuesdays saying. at five, Saturdays. I've never met him. I don't I've know if I've you memorized yet, but... I, I like hunk, Mike. Right? I'm like Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The But he, he basically <laughs> told me he wanted to buy my longboards. Like he okay, was, he was like, hey, I will... He's like, I will totally carry your longboards. It's a good longboards. marriage. It's like big brother, little brother. You got all the Mastercraft contracts and... Yeah, no, and it would have been awesome, right? And it was like, I had this big decision to make because yeah. like that same week I got offered this like contract not contract whatever I just got opportunity this opportunity this yeah. like, promotion and it was like do you want to be like the lead in the shop mm-hmm. which I was pretty much running min- mostly by myself I had pretty yeah. minimal it's like minimal do you want to be the head slave or do you want to yeah. be <laughs> I'm I'm on on your own. Like, do you want to be the head slave or do you want to like order a pallet of like ply like laminate and start pressing boards that was kind of the two options start that. at like, the bottom again and build it up by, by, by it was like entrepreneur or yeah. it was like which is funny because I came back around to that but it yeah. was like do it ne- now or do you want like the consistent full time job with really good pay with retirement benefits and healthcare and all the, the meal deals all of the and I, at the time and at the time yeah. you know it was, I've, I've kind of come both you know very like, different time in my life now than I was then like at that point I was like married and I was trying to like go that route mm-hmm. and was like thinking about like okay you know kids in a couple of years and we're buying this house you know gonna be buying this house and I was like okay I need the stability yeah that's what I want everybody so I want listening I want right now stability. is waiting for the rich dad poor yeah. dad plug so here it is <laughs> I want yeah. the stability <laughs> and that was not what I ended up yeah 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 so it just made me think, though. Do you? Uh, it's bike and ski. Yeah. Do you sell longboards at your shop? I or don't. Is it, okay. Um, I don't. I. It's something I've thought about, but I'm like, I'm. I've been thinking of, from a business perspective about like over diversification, right? I'm trying yeah. to be specialized. A little more specialized. Not the bike brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Beaver. Um, but I'm trying to be like I'm trying to be true to like bike and ski and related stuff right mm-hmm. and like longboards. You start bringing in longboards. You start bringing in other like stuff like that. 
it's it's now you're of, one step away from playing against boards or beaver sports like zoomies. Or, yeah. yeah, I worked mm-hmm. in zoomies. I Next thing you sell one wheels and yes, yeah. exactly. So it's yeah, there are the other board there's, there's enough other places <laughs> in Fairbanks that are doing longboards. Yeah, and, you know we had I think we had a local we had a local skate shop for a in while the later. co-op. Uh, not the, I keep everything is a co-op downtown, but yeah. uh, the the strip mall co-op in the like Second sure. Avenue had a skate shop down there for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, try, I don't like, even know. I'm the not trying to step on the toes of other local businesses either. <laughs> and so it's like I am trying to fill a niche that's not filled. Yeah, right. Wonderful. And I'm trying to be in, in the, that niche is if you look at it, it's like, oh, well, bike and ski. Like there's plenty of bike shops in Fairbanks. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sure, there's, you know, there we have Beaver, which is a, you know, it's a big local sport, a good store. Also for sale with if you want to buy it. With, yeah, with a bike shop in it. And, and, you know, those guys are great. But <clears throat> we have Goldstrom Sports, which is a dedicated you know bike and ski store but they're out of town completely out of town but serve a different they serve a different uh, yeah. different part of town and yeah. a different thing too they're they're really a little bit of running but a lot of downhill mountain biking because they're right there by the mountain yeah they're course. right by cross they're right by um Esterdome. Yep. and they definitely serve like they've got you know they got a lot of like really nice bikes and i feel like a little bit more of a, a higher priced point mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. but they totally serve that demographic very well yep. and we've got rei still you know i trained everybody most of the people that are in that shop still and so there's they're still a good shop but they're still confined by the limitations that the, the business puts on them mm-hmm. and so i was like okay we don't have we have this hole which is just like the people's bike and ski shop like yeah. for everybody you like know it doesn't matter you want to talk to me about a six thousand dollar full suspension you know that you probably don't need in fairbanks but Sure. Let's talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. I can help you out. You want to talk about a, a you know super high end fat bike? You want custom carbon wheels? Like I can do all that high end stuff, and I love doing it. It's super fun. But if you will come in and you're like, hey, I've got a Walmart bike, or I've been riding department My mongoose. Bike. Yeah, whatever it is, and <laughs> you're like, I'm sick and tired of this falling apart, and I I'm, I'm finally ready to talk about like a bike shop quality bike, you know. If you want to have that conversation with me and be like, well, how, what is the cheapest amount of money that I can spend and get a bike that's not going to fall apart all the time? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make sure you have the right expectations. I'll, you know what you're buying. You're buying something with like some cheap components on it, cheaper components that you, you can, can upgrade, upgrade, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to get into it for six or $700. And that's kind of like where the quality point starts. And I'm happy to have that conversation with anybody. So I can, I can talk both ends of it. Let's have that conversation right now. Yeah. So uh, I... I've been riding bikes since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I'm not a cyclist. I, uh, I never got into BMX. I never really got into downhill mountain biking. I definitely don't just ride around my neighborhood for fun. Um, but then my wife really got into it. Um, it's her way in the summer to get out. So mm-hmm. we both went to Beaver Sports and we have Specialized. Mm-hmm. That's the brand. But yeah, So my question for you is being a complete noob. Yes, I own a bike, but that's about it. Sure. Uh, I, I know how to inflate the tires. Get a little hand pump for Doing that. better than a lot of people. There you go. <laughs> um, what maintenance stuff should I know? I mean, I, th- I figured a bike, you know, I was a kid. I rode a, the same bike for 10 years. I don't think I ever went to a bike shop. So, sure. so what are some annual things you're going to need to look at, you know, yeah. semi-annual? Like, what are some things that you recommend people do yeah. to make sure that investment that they have yeah. stays tip-top shape? And yeah. then maybe at the end, give me your top two or three upgrades that put your money where it's worth. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, uh, I mean, if you look at like our basic tune-up package, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That kind of includes those things, right? It's like hundred five bucks for us. It's like about an hour of our time, um, and it is the full check of its brake pad adjustments. So your brake adjustments, whether it's rim or disc brakes, mm-hmm. it's your shifting adjustments, whether you have uh, just a rear shifting rear derailleur and a front derailleur, or a one by system, which means you have one up front and a derailleur in the back. Right. It's more modern now. Yep. Um, so shifting 
braking, um, and then we go through, we uh, laterally true the wheels. So think side to side wobble, mm -hmm. not up and down wobble. Mm -hmm. So basic truing. Um, and then we lubricate all the cables and housings. You know, we check your brakes, everything. Basically, it's a full safety check and all the small adjustments that are necessary. So brakes, drivetrain, wheels. Those are like the, the three big heavy hitters. I think that's what I need to do next spring because my yeah. brakes are a little squeaky. Yeah. My wheels are a little not wobbly, I did try to true a wheel once. Um, without the proper equipment it's or know how, <laughs> and uh, it, it just got worse. I was like, ah, it was good enough. I'll just keep riding it like this. Yeah. It's right. like me and my guns. I, I know how to do all the gunsmithing, but I don't have the art piece. For it. I got the science piece of it. Yeah. I know how. I just I don't have the patience and the, the steady hand for it. So it's like I don't do my own sighting of scopes anymore. I'm just going to take it to a gunsmith and have them yeah. do it. So, sure. yeah, so it, I need to bring my bike in in the yeah. spring and have you tune it up. And I think the biggest piece, the biggest takeaway should be that, like, it's more small adjustments go a lot further than one big adjustment. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is bring your bike into the shop every spring just to have them look over it real quick. You will spend less money. I mean, yeah. if, if you got a good shop, that's not going to charge you every hundred bucks every time you walk in the door. Right. Like if I'm throwing it in the stand, giving it a quick once over and, and there's just like nothing that needs to be adjusted or like I just make one little adjustment and it takes me 30 seconds. Like I'm not going to charge you for that. You know, that's a, that's a community service. Right. Um, but if you do that every year or anytime something is weird and you're like, I don't know about this, this feels wrong, just have us check it out, right? That is going to save you a ton of money in the long run. Because if you wait a year or two or three and you come in and everything's all jacked up, it's going to cost you a lot more because... For example, this is like fact with everything though. Like it is a car. Yeah. Like don't ignore that. Yeah. that your brakes are squeaking. <laughs> Just bring go. it in. <laughs> Feels right. like I'm driving on gravel while your brakes are done. Like right. take it in. And if you wait and wait and wait, then you're you gonna wear through the, the the shoes, and mm -hmm. then you wear and, and then you. Mess and now you got to replace calipers and, and the tires and. Yeah. Yeah. I just did this. In so all that yeah. terminology, <laughs> that's all exactly the same on your disc brakes. Mm -hmm. It's the same. Yeah. It just in a really tiny little scale. Just small, right? Especially the hydraulic ones, which are like on almost everything now. But the big thing, I think the one thing that would be, other than what I just said, that's that most people neglect, um, that's easy to check, and it's important because it affects your whole drivetrain, is your chain, mm -hmm. right? And chains wear out a lot faster than people think. And they rust, and they, they get rust. gunked up, I mean. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the gunky factor is like, if it's getting really gunky, you're probably using the wrong uh, chain lube, mm -hmm. right? Or too much chain lube. People overlube their chain more than I see people it. just like right. like motor oil. Oh, like yeah, I it's see nasty. all kinds of stuff. People right. using ball hitch yeah. grease. Like yeah. I'm just like I mean I guess it's so this, working, simple, but it's not ideal. Yeah, and the simple thing is there's a dry lube and a wet lube. Mm -hmm. They're both liquids, but dry lube. This is, is not your sex ed for the day. Nope. We're talking about bikes. <laughs> talking about bikes. <laughs> Different kinds of whips and chains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, yeah, dry lube is for dry conditions. We live in Fairbanks. It's a dry, not humid climate. Unless right? you're mountain biking in September. Unless unless it's wet. Literally, <laughs> unless it's wet. Or it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not raining, you're not. You should not be using a wet lube mm -hmm. or an all-season lubricant. You know, right. use <laughs> a dry lube or a wax lube. Something like that is going to keep everything cleaner, and it's. I mean, you have to clean your chain less. And think about this, right? What happens when you add um, like sticky anything out in a dusty, dry environment? All the dust clings to it. What happen, you know? And so when you use a wet lube or an oilier lube uh, in a dry climate, it's just 
take like Fairbanks, you're taking all the dirt in the air and you're just sticking it to your chain and you're just putting sandpaper between two metal surfaces. Mm-hmm. It's going to wear it out way faster. We're talking about dust, dirt, yeah. uh, smoke in the air from Grit. wildfires. Yeah. Grit. I mean, yeah. you're mountain biking, I'm assuming right now. So yeah. you're talking about all the stuff that kicks up and yeah. splashes yeah. and muds into it. Or so road yeah, biking, so. even you just everything up off the road. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, dust, gra- gravel. Yep. I mean, yeah. all that stuff. So, so the big thing is your chain wears out first. Mm-hmm of your whole drive train, your chain wears out first and it stretches out and it's not, you know, one link stretching out. It's not like, I'll just take a link out, you know, it's shorter now. Every little roller bushing in that 112 link chain is stretching like a 10th of a millimeter. What's a 10th of a millimeter times a hundred. That's like, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so you, what ends up happening is as that chain, once it gets past a certain point of wear, it's coming around the, the gears on the back, your cassette. Um, and it's around the front too, but the rear wears first because they're more susceptible to damage. So the chain's coming around. Every time it comes around, it's scraping on the face of those teeth mm-hmm. because everything's stretched out a little bit. So as it's scraping on the face it's of the teeth. It's not sitting perfectly in that groove. It's yep, on the front it's or the back of the down. Yeah, it's yeah. scraping the, the leading edge. And so then you end up with these teeth that instead of being nice little square top teeth, they look like little shark teeth, mm-hmm. <laughs> shark fins, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, and at that point, I mean, it's like, way far gone you've gone a year to two years past when you should have replaced your chain and then your front your front uh your chain ring starts wearing out too and so what's the so takeaway you could from have went this? from replacing a chain that cost how much chain. like you know on like a, a cheaper like bike with a seven or eight speed drivetrain you're looking at like 10 15 bucks for a chain and then if you let it go yeah. too long that ten dollar repair yeah. now looks yeah, at cassette. replacing now the front looks at a the cassette back and a chain ring and like probably derailleur pulley wheels mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah a couple hundred dollars instead of you know a 10 or 15 or 20 dollar chain right. plus mm. the service which is like 20 bucks right so like if you ride your bike a lot and it is kind of a miles or what kind of condition or how hard are you cranking on the pedals? Are you light footed? Are you heavy footed? Are you using it for resistance training? Are you climbing a lot of hills? There's a lot of factors that go into it. But bottom line, if you come into the shop once a year in the spring when you're getting ready to ride your, your summer bike and just have us drop a chain checker in your chain real quick, it doesn't cost you anything. We just check it. And there's the tool there. You can get that tool and have it at home too and check it yourself. But if you don't have that, come into the shop. We'll check your chain. We'll tell you how worn it is. And we'll, so it sets the expectation early. Right. You know, we'll, we'll tell you, hey, you got, you know, you probably got a few months left on this, you know, before it starts doing damage. Or we'll tell you, hey, this is way beyond how long has it been? Two, three years? Admit it. <laughs> so yeah. we just spent a little bit of time talking about biking pretty much in yeah. the summer setting. Yeah. But, you know, by people bike here year-round. I think they're nuts for it, but let's yep. give those guys a little attention. Yep. Tell me about fat yep. bikes. Do you guys yeah. work on those? Oh, what yeah. is a fat bike? Most of our yes. listeners probably don't even yeah. know what a fat bike so is. So fat tire bike, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fat bikes, fat tire bikes. Um, bikes with tires anywhere from four to five inches. I mean, they're, they're huge. Yeah, they right. look like motorcycle they're tires. Bigger they're bigger than bigger. most dirt bike tires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, I have a fat bike on the back of my truck right now. There's one sitting out there. Yeah. Um, fat tire biking uh, is awesome. That you can summer and winter. Um, it's most. It's all about the surface you're riding on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for soft surfaces, and you know the softer so mud, yeah, snow. mud, sand, snow, mm-hmm. tundra. Um, the softer the surface, the softer your tire pressure. That's the biggest thing you should know about fat biking. Mm-hmm. Everything else about them is you know pretty much the same. How how <laughs> low do you get on tire pressure? Uh, so it depends on rider weight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Somebody who weighs like 160 pounds or 130 pounds is going to have a different tire pressure for the same kind of conditions okay. than then somebody who weighs 250, <laughs> right? So Excuse it, me. It, yeah, <laughs> the volume of that tire is going to change. So like yeah. I'm, I'm like 180, 185, and I usually I can get down to about 
four or five psi is like my low point you don't like lose the beat or anything no nope. so 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 modern modern rims especially modern fat bike rims mm -hmm. um most are most of them are tubeless compatible which means you set them up very much like a car tire oh, there's okay. no tube you can set them up with no tube yeah um they got a valve stem that goes in there and seals the rims actually taped um okay. so that provides a an airtight surface mm -hmm. um you throw some sealant in there um, specific tubeless sealant and then the bead locks in has a little ridge okay so it just yeah bead lock basically like bead lock rims yeah vehicles. yeah so gotcha. same idea just lots of small <laughs> yeah small um, but still huge yeah 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 so you know and it also the, the, those metrics are also going to depend small numbers make a big difference small changes make a big difference mm -hmm. so it's like if i if somebody with a 95 millimeter wide rim and a five inch tire if it fits in their bike because <laughs> right. that's pretty big that's a big combo mm -hmm. is going to have be able to run lower pressures than somebody with the same weight with say an 80 millimeter and four mil a 80 millimeter rim and a four uh inch tire yeah, yeah so so that those combos change that inch that four to five or four and a half to five or four to four point five those changes are huge yeah. in in, the, in like tire volume and air pressure so I would say, you know, five PSI, four or five PSI is a pretty... Yeah, I think it's pretty surprising. The reason I bring that up is pretty surprising. Yeah. So I did a lot of like Jeep off-roading and things yeah. and the, you know, similar concept. You're just getting more surface area yeah. um, for grip and whatnot. Same, exactly. But if you look at the other end of the spectrum is like, I would say road cycling, mm -hmm. where you're a very, very skinny tire and you're trying to have like as little, yeah, and you're like, what, 120 PSI sometimes? Sometimes, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, those, those, norms are, those norms are changing though. Oh, really? They're realizing with the advent of tubeless. So tubeless not isn't just about flat prevention. Mm -hmm. You know, it being it, it's also about rolling resistance. So is and tubeless better for flats? It tubeless is better for flats because you have sealant in there. So if you get a puncture, something small and round, whatever, little like most of the time you get punctures. They're like little it's wires to like small around road. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, that thing, the sealant will bubble up around that hole and seal it up. And if it comes out, you might get a little a little squirt of geyser of sealant, and then it dries on contact with air in small amounts and seals the hole. So okay. you might lose a little bit of pressure, but you keep riding, you don't even know it happened. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, you got a tube in there, you get that puncture, you got a flat crap. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it it's handy. Um, and a lot of it is the equipment that you have is gonna dictate how well you can set it up tubeless. That's oh, a, that's okay. a factor. That they're you know, a really cheap rim, like just say a department store bike you're not going to be able to set that rim up tubeless successfully mm -hmm. or that tire. Like the tire also needs to be tubeless compatible. Yeah. You can try. I mean, you can tape the rim and throw a, a random tire on there and throw sealant in there, but you're going to see like sealant oozing out through the pores of the tire. Like so, it's not going to seal up. So with the tubeless, are you seeing um, like lower pressure, like for road cycling? Because mm -hmm. I haven't, yep, I did this pressures. like like 10, 12 years ago and I yeah. thought I'm going to the Tour de France. Like yeah. that's how I was like serious for Heck like yeah. two years and then I didn't <laughs> obviously do that. But um, so they're like, what's, what's the thought behind that? Like, why would you ever do lower pressure? So what we're finding or we, the Royal we, <laughs> the industry is finding is that you don't necessarily need like an 18, this tiny little 18 millimeter tire mm -hmm. at 120 PSI to be as fast as possible, right? Okay. That's not necessarily the ultimate combination. You're still, we still see that, but we're seeing more and more like, you've heard gravel biking, like mm -hmm. gravel bikes, right? Yeah, yeah. We're seeing, that's becoming more and more popular in terms of just like the user has a lot more options with a gravel bike than with a dedicated road bike. Mm -hmm. um, and when you go tubeless and you go from this tiny skinny little tire up to say like a 30 or a 32 millimeter tire, that's still slick it's still a road tire but yeah. you run it tubeless with a slightly wider rim 
um, and you're running it at like 70 PSI instead of 115 PSI, mm -hmm. even though it's softer and larger, that fact that you're running tubeless allows less rolling resistance because you hmm. don't have like the tube sloughing against the tire right. inside. Friction. There's this weird, yeah. I don't fully understand it. I'm not gonna pretend like I do. Yeah. I was a tubeless hater for a long time. But when you have the wheel rolling over the ground and you have the tube move, kind of shifting inside the tire, mm. even at high pressures, it's, you, creating, friction. it's creating friction. And yeah. it's creating um, a, a combination that actually is, is higher resistance, higher rolling resistance than if you have tubeless. Huh, interesting. Um, that makes so, sense. So now that you yeah. point out, I never thought of it. Yeah. Well, because friction is always yeah. loss of energy. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. So and there's yeah. different rubber compounds in tires too. Like, yeah. so like that's going to play a role, especially more with like, with grip and with fat bikes and with tubeless tires, there's different kinds of rubber compounds and different, uh, Lazax versus your KO2s. Totally. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and you, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, like, um, between skiing and biking, we'll say. Um, oh, this is our transition into winter. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like, do you have, like, I love road biking more than anything, or mountain biking. Do you, or is it like children that you can't pick? You know, <laughs> fat bike, fat bikes and gravel bikes. Yeah. I think, yeah, and that's also just like the Fairbanks. If you're, if you're in Fairbanks, it's like, what, what bikes do you need, right? Yeah. If you're going to have two bikes, fat bike and a gravel bike. Yeah. Because that fat bike, unless you're like seriously into downhill, like mountain biking or like doing tons of single track, you can take your fat bike and ride it on single track here and have a great time. Mm -hmm. You can, you can, you can put a suspension fork on your fat bike. You can have a wheel set built and run like a 29er with a 2.6 or three inch tire on your fat bike. Yeah. And you can make that fat bike. And you can go anywhere. You can, yeah. You can make that fat bike into like two or three, but different bikes. How many like swampy right? areas in the middle of a, like a bike trail have you been down there? You're like, oh, I'm taking my mountain bike out. And next thing you know, you're like. It's on your shoulder and you're walking around the puddles. Yeah, you're riding like, the Scarlet Trail in. in the summer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I think, you know, the fat bike is a really versatile beast. And then the gravel bike, same thing. Like the, a road bike in Fairbanks is a gravel bike if mm -hmm. you want to have the versatility of riding anywhere. You know, everywhere else I go along the highways, you see these guys and their Speedos. Yeah. Essentially riding their bikes, right? Fairbanks is a little bit different. Yeah. There is a faction of, of those riders here. and that's Not, it, not the ones with the bike. goofy helmets that ride in groups of 20 and block no, the highway yeah. from you. That's yeah. a Goldstream. That's, I that's, you're right. It's a Goldstream loop. Yeah. 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 But, but not, I mean, I, yeah. I drive serious. down Goldstream and I'm bumping to them every now. I see yeah. more people on the uh, summer... The summer rollerblading ski setup yeah. than I do yeah. on the dedicated, you know... Yeah. Hard, uh, hard bike, uh, cyclist. Yeah, there yeah. is. You, you're right. There is less of like a diehard like roadie crowd here for sure, and a lot of that crowd is actually shifting over to gravel bikes. Yeah, and I'm mm. seeing that. Okay. Uh, or at least yeah. that's yeah. what I see more yeah. often is gravel yeah. bikes or, or repurposed mountain bikes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know I think it's worth mentioning. We're talking about like different categories of bikes, right? It's worth mentioning that like the industry in just in the last like five years has like really kind of. The, the way we think about like what bikes are for what has changed a lot hmm. and is rapidly changing. It used to be like, you know, okay, you have a BMX bike and a mountain bike and a road bike. Yeah, I'm just That's like, pretty much right? true. And then fat bikes were like this this I mean, specialty fat, thing. Fat bikes yeah. have just come around in the yeah. last like 15 years. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, but now it's like you kind of, there's, you see a lot of bike packing stuff, right? Like Arizona Trail Race and, you know, stuff like that. Well, the ITI is specifically fat bikes, but there's a lot of stuff down in the south, like, um, in I say the south, like in the desert climates down in the lower forty eight. Forty eight. Everything's southwest. It's like they're they're doing stuff like in in like uh, in the Yukon as well. Um, Panorama Cycles is a brand that I carry, and they are big into like backcountry bikes. That's like what they build, and it's anywhere from a gravel bike to a fat bike, and they do really nice high end stuff. But their whole thing is 
backcountry bike packing, mm-hmm. right? And so we have so this lightweight, yeah, durable, lightweight, durable, easy to repair on the go. Yep, and and just bomb proof mm-hmm. and go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can. There's this. There's this. Blending of categories, mm-hmm. right? Which is like where you've got like Which the, the purists like, probably hate. Yeah, but, but I think everybody else just <laughs> geeks out on well, it. Well, I like, think yeah. if you're like in a very specific, like if you're going to do the Tour de France, you're obviously getting the best bike for that very particular situation. Right. But that's it's a, a very, very specific niche. It's the same. It's very very small. Like most people want to do more than one thing with their bike. Yeah. I would say that's yeah. me, and that's yeah. what I struggle yeah. with so much because they, they <clears throat> Beaver look, guys are great. Thank you. Uh, we're just trying to sell me like this specialty front end back end suspension full suspension, like full yeah. suspension bike um you know five six grand and i'm like hey i don't even know if i like riding bikes anymore like <laughs> i got a gooch like <laughs> stuff gets just worn trying out to get down. back into it i want i want something to get me around where i'm not burning you know dinosaur remains and you know have a good funner fun uh summer experience with my with my family so you know and then we started like going down in these price ranges and i'm like well now i feel like i'm buying a cheap bike like i don't want to you know i don't want to throw away bike i'll go to mcdonald's walmart i'll go to walmart and buy one of those right you might find a throwaway bike at mcdonald's yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) that's where i see i'm actually blocked up so here's here's my serious question yeah so i uh i do have a bike i sadly ride very very little i rode one three times this last summer but we went somewhere with my wife. Again, I used to ride like 60 miles, 100 miles. And so we go six miles round trip. And my butt is unbelievably sore, right? Yes, and it, too. And it goes away. They make special underwear for that, though. Yeah, that, that's, I used to have the padded stuff. But it, it goes it, it goes away if you, once you ride a few times. It doesn't take yep. very long. you got to get that callus into yeah. that gooch. <laughs> well, the thing that, that's what I'm saying, is my wife's like, why does it go away? I was like, well, any strength adaptation. You know, you just, mm-hmm. it, it figures, she's like, is your butt bone getting strong? I was like, I, I don't know the mechanism. Like, is the your perineum getting, getting, <laughs> getting thicker? Taller. Like, what's happening down there? Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, there, is that, there is that part of it. There is, <laughs> if you're not used to riding, you know, sitting on a little two-by-four basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is some of that. Two by four on edge. <laughs> yeah, there is some of that where you just kind of have to like break your body into being used to sitting on that seat. However, Something. there is that is like that's kind of like the like nah, just deal with it approach. Yeah, there is a whole science to like bike seat fitting. I want to talk about that because we were like, I was like, I'm not going to get one of these seat. big right. fat banana no. seats from no, my mountain bike you don't want that. because it's going to make it harder to ride the yes. bike. Yep. My significant other was like, screw that. I, I'm putting whatever comfortable seat is on it. Yeah, she has a car ride, seat. She does have like those a, big like an automotive. I mean, think of hers like a Valentine's Day heart, yeah. and think of mine like uh, I mean, just some sex toy. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. I sit on there like, oh my god, this is not enjoyable. So it's all about sit bone width. Yeah, it's yeah. all about sit bone width, right? You've got those two sit bones. Do you measure those for your customers? I don't measure them for your. No, no, I don't. I'm not down there with the tape measure, but there are ways for you to measure them. Okay. And yeah. they, you know, there are specialty shops that have a whole like a whole kind of like seat like uh, Doctor Scholl's for your butt. Thing. Yeah. No, where you like sit down on it and you can like measure the sit bones mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't have that, but there are ways you can do that in your house, at your leisure to really figure out how wide your sit bones should be. Right? Yeah. What you it's should the be same thing for. as if you're trying to right. uh, paper mache, like, you know, your butt. It, it's, <laughs> well, that's well, my I can, I, can exp- I can tell you exactly how to do it. It's, like, really easy. And it's you find a, a flat surface, whether it's, like, a stair tread, you know, a wooden stair tread mm-hmm. or, like, a wooden bench or something flat and hard in your house. You put down, um, you know, I feel like they used to be, like, use cardboard. Yeah. But um, I think tinfoil actually works a lot better hmm. because, like, when you, you, know, you, you push on tinfoil, you get, yeah. you get mm-hmm. very visible ripples so you take a piece of tin foil you put it on that bench you put on some like long underwear or some boxers whatever and you sit down on that tin foil and you know how when you like rock your hips forward and backwards like rock your pelvis forward and backwards when you're sitting on a hard 
bench. You can feel those two points, mm -hmm. the sit bones dig in. Mm -hmm. So that's what you want. You want those to dig in and so just you know do that are. a couple times. Rock forward and back a couple times. Um, rotate your pelvis around until you can like feel those sit bones biting into the tinfoil, into the bench, and then stand up and you'll see those two points. It'll mm -hmm. be very obvious, right? You measure. And you measure between them. You want a millimeter measurement. So say it's 130 millimeters, right? You're gonna add about 20 to 25 millimeters to that number and then that is the sit bone width you're looking for on your seat. Yeah. There's a lot, if you Google this, like how to fit a bike seat, you'll get varying descriptions of basically mm -hmm. what I just said. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's anywhere from like 140 to 175 millimeters-ish. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can go to your local bike shop with that number and say, hey, I want a saddle, I want to try a saddle that is about this width, right? Um, so that's that's the one number. And then there's also conversations around nose length. Front to back. Yeah, front to back, which, there's that's less of a there's less of like a science to that when you're I buying want a, a seat. Slightly wider and shorter one. But I, it's, like mine's I want the longest one. Men's possible. and women's I want to saddles. Hit in the front. <laughs> men's and women's saddles are different, right? They're shaped different. Yeah. And so wow, you got squeaky chairs here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Taco Tuesday in the <laughs> Don't move. Every podcast, every single oh, episode. <laughs> Partnering. Yeah. The so men's and women's saddles, you know, women's saddles tend to have a different shape than men's saddles. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell people, you know, if, so if you're a woman and you're buying a saddle you should there's a few brands to look at i always tell people like you know women look at terry saddles like terry makes the best women's saddles you'll spend 80 90 bucks and you'll never buy another saddle for like 10 years and then when that wing wears out you'll buy another one the same one is there ever an application but, for those big cushy ones yes absolutely oh okay. that's a good point that's so, just like so cruising that's it, your it's cruising, a cruiser right? saddle right so like, and I'm it's about body position okay so those, it's really upright yes exactly <laughs> so when you look at a saddle like like a really wide like your big comfy cruiser saddle like you were describing mm -hmm. Um, that saddle is going to be really comfy for like a few miles yep. and in a really upright position. If you're just cruising around the neighborhood and your bike has you in, in like walk. a 90 degree, mm -hmm. you know, you're sitting super upright and your handlebars are like, you know, at chest height and it's just a really big comfy cruiser kind mm -hmm. of body position, that saddle is going to be great. You okay. do more than a few miles on that saddle, your, your butt's going to start to ache, right? Just because you have your, it's way wider than your sit bones. It's supporting your whole behind and not just under the sit bones so yeah so that's that's the application for the cruiser okay the cruiser saddle it's definitely legit um but if you're going to be doing anything more than like five miles you want a seat that supports just your sit bones and your pelvis in the right way so and then rocking and pedaling yeah. that you're yeah. not getting you know, yeah. friction yeah. again and, and you look at like your body position are you on a mountain bike if you're on a mountain bike or if a fat bike is pretty much mountain bike position yep. mm -hmm. um you know your body's going to be at about a 45, mm -hmm. um, kind of lean forward. And that's kind of an endurance, an endurance position, like long-term, like longer distances. Yeah. And you know, there's saddles, when you look at saddles that are a higher quality saddle, you're gonna see them calling out the application of that saddle, like endurance riding or road riding. And like the road cycling position is gonna be more more dropped. And yeah. those saddles are gonna be shaped a little differently, mm -hmm. right? And so that's, that's the application. It's like, what are you doing? with your bike and how long are you going to be on your bike at any given time yeah. and what's your sit bone width and you can really dial it into what you need so we're I wanted to talk more about skiing yeah. but uh, we're getting well, let's a little let's transition to that let's, sure. let's transition yeah, to that let's it. talk well, about yeah. skiing yeah, yeah. so um, in the, the business side because I do want to talk about your business as well sure. you've been going for you just said a little over a year I think you were saying yeah April technically April uh, April 2022 was when I yeah. actually 
So it's probably hard to say like exactly trends, but obviously when the snow kicks in, you're doing a lot more ski stuff. Yeah, and obviously your bikes in summer and and skis in the winter, probably very little skiing in the summer. But but when your business, would you say it's 50-50, 30-70? I would say it's 40-60. ski to bike 60 percent bike because of the saturation of fat bikes but you can do summer and winter biking where like i said you can't really ski unless you get that rollerblade set up with dojabao um by the way that's goofy as hell and i've seen so many people eat shit (laughs) oh it's hard gold hill i used to roller ski it's that's i was coming down gold hill uh, it was earlier this summer and i saw you know some uaf like cross-country ski club or something like that come in and it was like 15 people and i saw 12 of them just oh, shit on it's gravel really it was stop. oh and that's what it was they were coming into that like weird intersection and there's a railroad tracks there and they just one ate it next person hit them it was, it was like the tour de france on, oh and, and i'm driving i want to make sure everybody was okay but at the same time all i could do is laugh and just keep going hey there's always something um, to everybody got up everybody nobody had seen that yeah, we, we so, assume we assume nobody broke their um so um Let's talk about where to ski yeah. here, because yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously you can ski anywhere, but but what kinds of skiing is popular here? What do you normally service? Like, how do do yeah. people ski? Just, yeah. just going a little tangent there. Ski, great, I love tangents. Downhill, cross yeah. country. So Nordic. I grew up, yeah. Cross country, Nordic are kind of synonymous. Um, basically, you know, flatland skiing, mm-hmm. if you will. You know, self-propelled. Mm-hmm. Um, Fairbanks is like a mecca for cross country skiing. We have like the best snow conditions. We have amazing. All of trails. our golf courses turn into trails. Yeah. I like. I mean, Which that's are awesome. for like novice, not even novice, yeah. like beginner, ultra beginners like me. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about the golf courses is, you know, you have these nice groomed areas mm-hmm. that you can use. But you can fat bike and you can ski on them. And they're and pretty flat. Yeah, and they're ro- they're rolling and flat yeah. and really good for for just getting started. But yeah. you're not gonna be on your Nordic skis going downhill at 45 miles per hour, not knowing, you know, being stuck in those little lanes and right. like. Oh, when yeah. your ski doesn't bend like that, you know? Right, yeah, you're not, you're not going to have as high a potential to, like, wreck yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we have, so we have the, the golf courses, absolutely. Uh, we've also got, you know, Creamers Fields and the Mushers Hall mm-hmm. trails, the ADMA trails there between College and Farmers Loop. Yep. Um, Just avoid the dogs. Yep. I mean, obviously, the Mushers always have right away. Um, and there's really good signs there that really show, like, the hierarchy of, like... Did you hear that, guys? Hmm. The Mushers have the right away. Always. Hmm. Get the heck out of the way, <laughs> yeah, and and be and be, have your head on a swivel too, because you know half the time you won't hear them coming, and yeah. they're they're very quiet. Yeah, and they can't you know they can't like move their dog team to the side. They have the right of way on those trails. Yeah. Those are mushing trails. They'll they're take put the, in and maintained. Take, yeah. by it's at the, the Mushers Hall Mushing Association. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, but they're multi-use and it's awesome because we can all fat bike on them. We because can cross we can share. Sharing's a thing, yeah. guys. We can bike jor. We can ski jor right mm-hmm. with your dogs. Do you, have you done that? I've been wanting to do that. I want to do that too, but I got my primary in the winter every day. I, I started yeah. uh, with my Ski dog. is where uh, a dog or a vehicle, depends on how you do it, is basically pulling you. Yep. Yeah, basically anything joring is being pulled by a dog or a horse on, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. In the military, we did it with uh, our Sussbees, so our, our tracked winter vehicles. Yeah. And so yeah. you just, because there's not enough room inside to fit everybody, so you have 30 dudes on the back on their cross-country <laughs> skis with 80-pound rucksacks freezing. Yeah. The white rockets. Right. The white rockets, oh, bunny boots. Yeah, because our skis lock in with the bunny boots. So that just tells you the ankle support that we get to deal no, with. No, I know. I, I work on yeah. those. I work on. They're awful. They're I spring-loaded uh, binders. The They're so I have <laughs> conversations with guys all the time, every winter, talking about their, their white rockets and their boots. And I do custom boot fitting. And they teach us a downhill that. ski in those too. That's I downhill know. and cross country ski should setup. Not do. I know. That's why I like half of Fort Wainwright has <laughs> ACL and knee problems yep. and yeah, broken yeah. legs. So actually, oh, this man. winter I was I have a couple friends who are part of um, 
like uh, the I don't actually know what they call it, but the like basically like the winter warriors. Yeah, yeah, fought. Arctic Arctic yeah. warfare school. Yeah, and they're finally, finally, there's some testing happening to kind of like transition the ski side of the military into something other than the white rockets, which is like gonna be game changer for everybody because yeah. those skis need to be like hung on the wall, retired, and you know they're great decor. I think they're really cool. Yeah. Well, and the skis themselves are fine. The mm-hmm. skis are fine. They're old school. They're fine. They're they're bomb proof. The bindings are the bindings and the boots. Freaking the liability. boots and then and the white rocket. Uh, yeah, the white rocket <laughs> bunny boots. We call yeah. them Mickey Mouse boots. Yeah. Uh, like. I love them. You walk around the winter, you look like a complete idiot, but they're your feet warm. will never, ever get cold. They're, they have an air gap in them, basically, yep. so they're inflated shoes, but they're twice the size of what your normal yeah. feet yeah. will look like. They're great warm boots. They're just, but they're, they're not, there's no not support in them for you to school, ski. No. So. We got to talk about mucklucks, so, though. Nick makes Blake, fun of, and look. Mucklucks. I love mucklucks, man. New used, new to me, new ones for this winter. They're they're great. They're super Alaskan. I'm just saying, like, my mucks. My actual muck boots that are good to negative sixty. These are better. They are better. One hundred percent. We're gonna field I've, test it. I've argued. Yeah. I've heard people argue it. these are better than bunny boots as far as cold weather. Depends I, on your, the air gap. Makes all right, a difference. hold on. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they are. I've heard <laughs> the argument. <laughs> I have. I'm gonna say something I've never said before. Uh-oh. I've never worn them, so I really can't oh, talk. Oh man, what size feet do you have? Yeah, eleven yeah. and a half. We might put this debate to rest. I might just put them on my feet. They're fantastic, man. Yeah. So here's my issue. Gene Duvall wears his beaver mucklucks all winter long. Oh, I'm jealous, uh, man. They are pretty cool you, freaking you know a, boots. You know they look entry, awesome. You know what a great entry to try for you What's if that? you don't want to spend the 180 bucks or whatever That's just to so get cheap. a pair of the sneakers? Go to your the military surplus place, any of the places in town, and find a pair of like the the OD green like military mucklucks. Mm-hmm. They have they have a oh. little more of a like a rubber base, yep. but they have the same canvas upper, the same felt liner. Yeah, they are great, and they have a zipper on top. Then like, now just, you know a little crossover. You can Listen, give it a shot. Nick spends right a lot more than one hundred eighty <laughs> on his boots. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the purpose of the boots. Yeah. My tennis shoes are never more than thirty five dollars, but yeah, my issues my like hunting boots. Right. You know, my get, mountain climbing uh, gear, all my specialty stuff that I barely ever wear. I'm fine spending yeah. five hundred dollars on a good setup, but yeah. honestly, to each their own. Whatever keeps your feet warm. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I don't. I don't my biggest thing with footwear because of our job is it's got to be slip on, slip off. Yeah. I'm not tying anything because I'm yeah. going to so many people's houses, and it is customary in Alaska, very Asianish culture as far as like take your shoes off when you get in a house. You don't want to bring the mud and the snow inside. Yeah, yeah Mucklucks definitely. There's like a season for them because like right now I was like this morning, you know, woke up. Like I, I think you jumped the snow. gun here, man. <laughs> are you not getting? This is going to air in a couple weeks, so people are going to be like, "What are you talking about? Jumping the gun?" But yeah. but today was our first real snow, yeah. so uh, we're filming on a Friday. Tuesday we got our first dusting and everybody freaked out. Uh, but today we got our first like what three inches? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. yeah, when the wet, it's really wet snow too, where it's hovering which is so not degrees. normal here. It's yeah. just the first make snow and the last snow are only yep. wet snows. Yep. You, if you're not from Fairbanks, you can't make a snowball here in about a month. It's gonna yeah. be too yep. too dry. And the mucklucks just everything sticks to them. The wet snow, like I walked out this morning, I got in my truck, and I had like three inches of snow all around <laughs> my, my my feet. You know. So, anyways, they're also awesome. that was a good tangent. Meanwhile, I'm sitting <laughs> yeah. here my yeah. waterproof extra tough. So, what oh, what yeah. uh, what breed? What kind of dog do you have? So, I have a poodle, and okay. I've been trying to like get her like to pull me on a skateboard, and it's happened successfully very few times. How much and does your poodle weigh? She's only forty pounds, so okay. she's not like huge. Um, but you know, and I'm two forty, yeah. um, so I, I try to give her some. Oh, well, you're back up. You're gonna be doing some work. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, I'm getting there. Yeah. I lied. I'm actually about two twenty five. I wish I was two forty. Um, you were two forty, but then you stopped yeah. eating so much yeah. and you lost all that oh, weight. Yeah, it's hard for me to yeah. gain. So, anyways, doesn't matter. But you, is that a big enough dog for one? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I would say the size comparison to the dog and the person is mm-hmm. the ratio is a little skewed there. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you can yeah, have a bigger some dog. My seven you might need a couple old, more 70 poodles. pound puppy yeah. has yeah. a little bit more uh, torque behind oh, her than yeah. yours. But the Wait, bottom line is probably you, 60 pounds you can get out there and have fun with it. You know, the dog, you, know, you get the dog used to running out in front of you and putting yeah. some tension on the line. You want to make sure you have a decent harness. You don't want to pull it off the collar. Yeah, no, no. Right? Yeah. So all oh, those I got, like, a dog mushing harness. Is yeah. that, like, the appropriate? Yeah, okay. like, an X-back. Yeah, yeah it goes to the chest and yep. pulls back. Yeah. So either the X-backs or, like, the ones that are uh, kind of just a simpler. Do you have a tip? One. And maybe some dogs just, like, have it. Like, she is excellent at walking by my side. Well, that's <laughs> the problem. She sucks at That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and any dog owners out here, I am yeah. not shitting on your dogs. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but a in my opinion, when I'm working on my dogs, I want them right next to yes. me. I want a good heel walk. I want a loose leash walk. Yep. You're going to ruin your dog if you're like, hey, when it's summertime, we're going to walk here. But in the winter, I want you to pull the crap out of me. Like, so you're, gonna, you're teaching I'm, the opposite. I, I disagree with you just a little Good. bit. Good. Throw it in because there. Because every husky I've ever seen or uh, these Alaskan mushing dogs, they're, they're, they're not pet. There's something with the breeds. There's something mm-hmm. like there's definitely like certain breeds that are harder to train that yeah. into. And it's like, yeah, if you train your dog like from a puppy to walk by your side, like that's fantastic. You probably are going to have a harder time getting them to pull you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always like raise dogs to pull first and then like I can't walk any of my dogs on a leash right, <laughs> like a yeah. drug down the road right but I've heard with dog trainers like there's there's you can have good luck if you draw association between like the, the collar the leash gear. walking mm-hmm. versus yes. the harness yeah it's like the line in the harness means we're pulling and the collar in the leash means we're walking yeah. so I have never personally had that look I am not a dog trainer yeah <laughs> I'm my still dogs are on bananas you know they they just want to pull like, what do you do you have like huskies or so I have well I have I have a I have a Catahoula Mastiff Mutt. Oh. And he's like 80 pounds. There he's you a little go. chunky right now. Those are two but, different breeds oh, right there. He's like, he thinks he's a husky. Catahoula yeah. hound dog. And oh, then the other one's he a. He sounds like he is dying. Anytime I pull the harness out, he's just screaming. He's so excited. Oh, yeah. And and he's like, he's awesome. He's a great jaw dog. He can run yeah. like 30 miles an hour. And it's a little bit scary for like starting, though, right? No, yeah. Not for you. It's hard to start. Yeah. It's hard to start. Yeah. And I just got two puppies that are Pitbull um, Husky Mutts. They're okay. Like lab Husky Mutts. There you go. And they're like three months old, so they're gonna be. Uh, they're gonna be. It's gonna be a good team. Are you gonna pull? You're gonna like ski with them? You think? triple. I, I do a lot more fat bike touring than I do ski touring. Oh, okay. But I'm used to running like three dogs on my fat bike. At, you know. See, I'm, how about I would feel. I feel comfortable on a ski getting pulled, but getting yeah. me pulled on a bike just sounds horrible. Like you got, you yeah. got brakes, man. <laughs> Brakes. You got brakes. Yeah, that's fact. You don't have like, brakes on skis. Also, like I don't know. It takes man. control. It takes. I know. I, I just, I'm talking about something I've never done before. I'm just so trying to put myself on a bike getting pulled, yeah. and I would hate that. Like I hate riding my bike in traffic and yeah. like yeah. people. Well, you just only got one trail in the winter on the trails, you know, and, and when the trail is nice and hard, like uh, it certainly is like a learning curve to it. But it's, at least it's the, if you fall, it's yeah. softer it's, than yeah. asphalt. Well, the skateboard. Yeah. I'll just say. So my dog that doesn't even like to pull. We would get going a few times, and it, it was, like, terrifying for me. I'm like, she's really going? I'm yeah. hoping it feels really weird to not yeah. have the control, like... Yeah. But that makes sense, training. too, because you can, you can both fat bike ski your in the summer, yep. ski your. Yeah, you, you can, you can bike your, which it's... Yeah. Uh, Canacross, I guess Canacross is running, um, but yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole. Like, the running always uh, is confusing to me. I guess it would certainly help. I don't yeah. know how much. What a lot of people run just like with a dog, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's I think less of a sport. It's more of like, hey, well, I want to do this activity with my sport. dog. I mean, everything's a sport. I'm saying it's a sport. Watch out, man. People are gonna come for you. 
Sorry I, to I all the cheerleaders out there. With my dogs, because they will literally just pull me over. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But, yeah. So, yeah, there's some of that, like, a little bit of, like, control with, like, how much your dog's pulling. I, anyways, I think it's the greatest. Yeah. I, I got to do more of it. It's, like, the best connection yeah. with a I pet. I can't wait I to like. see that. I want, yeah, I want to well, I don't even I cross, see I've some... never cross-country skied. I want to yeah. cross-country ski. Well, go um, down the... Going down to the bike shop. Some skis. Just for a second. Yes, I go ahead. Well, I got off on a tangent with cross-country skiing. We yeah. have world-class cro- world cross-country skiing here. Yeah. But we also have, you know, a pretty vibrant downhill community. True. And, like, backcountry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot backcountry of back access, country. you know, in an hour in every direction of us. That's yeah. for Dome, Ski and Land, Moose Mountain, yeah. and so Birch Hill. I'm, I'm a diehard snowboarder, downhill skier as well. And, like, a lot... And I... We don't have a good shop in Fairbanks that really specifically serves downhill and backcountry access stuff like alpine touring and, you know, getting um, like custom boot molding and shell modification for your downhill ski boots. And it's like, you know, if you know who I'm talking, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, custom. Um, are you looking to fill that fitting. hole? Or you- I'm, gonna, I'm looking to fill that hole. I've been doing it for, you know, now eight years or whatever with REI and mm. I got all trained up and. and which is funny because REI until recently didn't even have ski stuff in their store well, here in Fairbanks. They, they did in Anchorage. They did it in Fairbanks for eight years, but the last oh. couple couple day or a couple years with COVID, the the uh, assortment got diverted to Anchorage. Okay. So mm. Fairbanks is no longer an Alpine assorted store, so they don't have skis and boots in the store. Mm. Um, cross country they do, but not downhill. Right. And so. I'm really looking for in the winter side of things. Like we have a lot of shops that service cross country skis. We have a great service for cross country in this town. Like Goldstream does a great job. Beaver does a great job. Tracks, Tracks does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and REI sells and, and and does waxing and stuff as well. But so Nordic isn't underserved in this town but at downhill all. Is, and I do that uh, stuff. I will race wax your 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 skate skis. I'll I'll wax your sled runners on your dog sled, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but I'm really really pushing towards the Alpine market. So I'm, I'm bringing in Atomic as, you know, uh, it's for retail. So, you know, the Ben Shetlers, the Backlands, Mavics, Mavens. So I'm going to eventually have downhill boots as well from Atomic. But the big thing I do is if you have boots or you're thinking about getting new boots and you want to have a conversation about what kind of boots you should get, what size you should get, what uh, features you should be looking for, um, what brand you should be looking for based on the shape of your foot, because they are not all the same. And we're talking about alpine ski boots here. Right. Come talk to me. Like, mm-hmm. that is my shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I have, and I'm doing, like, custom master fit footbeds, like, think super feet, but custom footbeds, um, like, orthopedic-approved custom footbeds. I'll be doing that this winter. I have Sweet. all the tooling to, like, shell punches, too. So it's really exciting because nobody in town is really doing that to the scale that I am bringing. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So That's really cool. I love when we bring new stuff, new features, new, yeah. new things to do, yeah. uh, services in the town. Well, because if you're the person yeah. doing the thing, you know, I don't think about downhill that much, yeah. um, but the person who's really into it is like, is probably loving hearing this, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, finally, there's somebody who's going to actually yeah. do it, yeah. you know, to the degree we need. So, and there was, I had customers <clears throat> that were literally mailing when I when I left REI for like a year. I moved to Colorado and I came back. <laughs> yeah, but I was gone for about a year, and I had customers that were literally mailing their skis to Anchorage to have them mounted. Oh yeah. So it's like you talk about like an underserved market mm-hmm. here. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good to hear, man. That's really my goal is so like. I like it on the business side too. Yeah, side it's too. always the I, I love to hear when people are. Because everybody wants to make money, everyone wants to start start a business. 
Um, but what they don't think about is like, what do people actually need? Because that's right. what businesses are for. They're yeah. like serving the community in some way. And yes, there's going to be a monetary exchange, and hopefully you get rich from sure. it. I hope. No. Um, but just, I just because want to eat something other than ramen. Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah, the, the goal is to be so like that's valuable. Price too. Yeah, you're so valuable to the community and what you're offering that you're getting the money that you need in return. Like that yeah. should be the goal, not the other way around. Where it's like, I just want to make money, um, which is easy to get into. But yeah. I think we're kind of wrapping up here. We're wrapping up. Oh, let you take us out. Do yeah. us a favor. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Where? Where? What are they? need to call what's your website uh social yeah. media what where your location at just of take course. us out and yeah so our, self-promote yeah our uh, our our social media is where we do most of our promotion and that is at bankstown bike ski on uh, both facebook and instagram um you can find us right now at 1600 well street um over in that uh, industrial district you know, near hoodoo but on the other end of phillips field road um, you can call us at 907-947-2453 if you got questions or you just want to bs about bikes or skis we got you um and then in a month here we'll be uh we'll be posting pretty actively about our move over to china pump plaza sweet that's awesome watch out for that yeah yeah super well, exciting cool thanks for coming on and fun. again it was great having yeah. you uh I'm, I'm really excited to see the growth of your company and Thank thanks you. for everything man yeah thanks All for right. having me on later guys uh. yeah uh. Yeah.